0: the real gunning good to have you back
1: love brent is that who replaced me on friday uh yeah, Brett, it was brent 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 or brent. as or is doug McLean called him benning he's like jim benning it's like no it's brent gunning doug
0: well i think he just referred to him as uh, a general manager because he sounded like one on friday
1: <laughs> is that it
0: yeah. <laughs> could be hope everybody had a good weekend i know i did I ended up going to New York City. I did a charity event Madison Square Garden. Somebody paid six figures to play a pickup game with the 94 New York Rangers and I snuck in on that one.
1: Is that what happened? Yes. It was just someone wanted to do that?
0: Well, it was I think it was through a charity event. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, okay. But someone went six figures US <laughs>
1: I hope they scored. <laughs> I hope you guys treated them like uh, certain if, author- a certain authoritarian the, dictator. The, who they was- were a
0: group out of <laughs> Houston, Texas. Yeah, and Joe s- stroked the check Way for his go, buddies. Joe. For his buddies to play against some of us, and then we took in the Ranger uh, Flyer game last night. Awesome
1: and uh, fun. Yeah, it sounds amazing. A lot of fun. And, and you're in Halifax. You're all about the world. A
0: lot, a lot of traveling on the weekend, but enough Toronto. to still catch uh the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, do away with the Philadelphia Flyers before the Flyers found a way to get two points off the New York Rangers. Sammy McKee on board. Danielle. How are you, Danielle? You know how I know it's Danielle? I looked, Sammy. I know. You know how I wouldn't <laughs> have not looked? <laughs> Reading your lineup. I know.
2: Oh, I didn't know until I walked in here. But I didn't want you to turn into Ron Burgundy and just read the lineup. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I I could be accused of that. Jennifer Rolnick also on board. And JB, as always, glad to be back with you. Let's rock and roll. So, good enough. Toronto Maple Leafs go in on the weekend into the Flyers. Winners 6-3. Austin Matthews keeps the scoring machine rolling, mm-hmm. and overall, didn't get the sense that Sheldon Keith was too happy after Saturday night. But uh, just just your thoughts in general.
1: Well, you know, it's I guess it's tough to be awesome every night, and that's not to let the Leafs off the hook for how it went, but they have had a tendency at times to play up or down to their competition and this was a night where you know they're coming off big games right it's Florida it's Boston even the Jets was a rivalry game can, I think you can understand why they didn't come out quite guns a blazing as we, they had been lately uh, should we go to Sheldon get his take on it Kippers Clippers Kippers, it's Clippers. Monday All right, buddy. let's go to Sheldon's
0: thoughts on his team's 6-3 win against the Philadelphia Flyers
3: Man, we got some really good opportunities in the third period to make good on them uh you know, did some good things I was on leading to the Matthews goal. That was we didn't win many shifts today, but that was one that we we did a good job of, had the puck, um had them really running and you know, leads to an empty net. So those kind of things uh we capitalized on really well. The Riley goal was similar. Um but yeah, it was, not a very good hockey game.
1: <laughs> I, <guess. laughs> I, re- I really want us to say, yeah, is not a very good hockey he game. as a clip. wants
0: to stay positive, speaks highly of certain players, but then that, that truth serum kicks in for him right at the very end.
1: You hear him, like, fighting it. It's coming out of his mouth. He's like, yeah, <laughs> not a very good game.
0: <laughs> I do get a sense that just experiencing this as a player as well, that you're you're deep enough in the season to be tired yeah. mentally and physically, but you're not close enough to the playoffs where you can still reach for that that excitement that, that excitement and that juice. there's still that small window in the regular season where I think the Leafs are caught, and they're not the only team right, and we'll know that going into this week as they face of course, Tampa Bay tonight, and Florida, two other teams that could be going through a similar thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. I do find, though, that when they get to play each other, there's a little bit more excitement, a little bit of a new energy in there. Uh, Sammy, what was your, uh, your Saturday night takeaway?
2: Um, I thought Keith did a great job in the game because okay. the first period, and we'll get to a clip talking about Jack Campbell, but the first 10 to 15 minutes of the game, um, the Leafs were dreadful defensively, offensively, just kind of chasing things around, not looking great at either end of the ice. And then in the second period, Keith completely threw the blender together. He was just throwing out lines that it just was completely unrecognizable. Guys playing in spots you'd never seen him playing before. Weird maturations of lines. And it to his credit, it really seemed to get them going. And then in the third period, he went back to the old lines and they started to light it up. And we even had a very rare... William Nylander to John Tavares play where he made a we made a drop pass to him Tavares shot it in the net uh, at even strength which was nice so my big takeaway was that Sheldon Keith had a really great game in game and then went to the podium and thrashed his team after they beat an NHL team 6-3 so <laughs> in, their building, in their building on a Saturday on night on a Saturday night yeah. so i i think there's probably a lot with Keith trying to keep guys motivated and you know we talk about we can get to the clip about them playing down to competition And how that's something that they are very one to do. They love doing that. It's one of their favorite things to do. And they were doing that into the second period. He threw it into a blender and it seemed to, you know, wake him up a little bit.
1: Yeah, let's do that. Let's go to the uh, Kipper Clipper and playing down to the competition.
3: We've played really well when we've we've really been pushed, you know, by top teams or tonight in the third period. You know, obviously, we want to do a better job in these games, and, and you know, we, we just again tonight just didn't didn't have it, uh, just didn't have it, so that's disappointing, but I would say disappointing for sure, but, you know, not concerning uh, in the sense that I know what our team's capable of doing. Perhaps maybe that's the problem. They know what they're capable of doing.
0: Mm. Uh, how long can you stick with that?
3: See, I believe them,
1: and I agree. Do you think he's just trying to like?
0: We should find out something more after tonight. Would you not agree that if it
1: about playing up or down to competition?
0: Well, is it that simple, I, or I... are they just to the point now where um, they they are what they are, and and yeah. they still want to try to find a way and to to outscore their mistakes?
1: That is part of it, but I do you know he says. I think sometimes, like, you know, we know how good we are, and I think that's part of the problem. Like, it always feels like, to me, that these version of Keefe teams, and even when Babcock was here a little bit, that, like, the, they, want it, they want to do it as easy as possible, and they're good enough to win games without being at their 100% best. So you're playing the Flyers, they're in the bottom five team in the NHL. You probably go give it half your effort, and if you need to turn it on, you can, and they did. You know, like, I don't know if that's a reward that they want to get. I also don't know if it's a good habit to get into, but I do think there's an element of that to this team. They know that they can just kind of see how it goes. If they get the breaks early, if not, dial it up. Not healthy, is it?
0: I still like their goals, though, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing that I got, especially out of the 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 Winnipeg game, too, is, like, I think, you know, they're they're up. By a goal or two, and and they're still pinching, and they're still like. Mm-hmm. Once the wave starts and they start getting excited, then then they look like the team that is very dangerous.
1: Yeah. Well, think about where Morgan Riley scores the fifth goal of the the game from. It's four yeah. three with eight minutes left or six minutes left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Riley's and taking a shot from below feet, the circles. Eight feet off the post. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like you know, you're watching how that play unfolds, and like he is very comfortable. Going down and to his credit, he scores. It basically ends the game that puts it out of reach. Do you want him down there doing that in the playoffs Four, three, six three, six minutes left? I mean, I don't think I do, but I can't argue with the result.
0: If if you haven't told him you don't want him there in March. Right. How are you going to do
1: it? Oh, he's going to be there in May. Yeah. And so there may be a time where they're up a goal. Riley gets caught deep. They go two on one the other way and you go. What was Riley doing? And we have to remember that on this show and go, well, that's what they've been doing. That has been the plan all season long. I don't know. All right, let's 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 go from the net
0: on out. The return of Jack Campbell, he gets the start against uh, one of the worst teams in the league. On the road. Overall, at times, I, I thought he made enough of a good save that maybe they could have been down to nothing.
1: Mm-hmm. Early in, in the hockey
0: game. Yeah. And, hey, good enough to at least make Sheldon Keefe a believer. Let's, let's go to his clip on, on Jack Campbell.
3: Yeah, yeah. Looked like Jack. I mean, he, I, I love the way he played tonight. Uh, that being that first period, especially. First 10 minutes or so was, was a disaster by us in front of him. And uh, uh, I mean, that save he made early in the game. Those kind of things. That's that's uh, that's Jack at his best. So it was really good to see, and great to have him back. That's it. Just needed one game against the Flyers.
1: Fixed it. <laughs> oh
3: boy, no more Campbell
2: issues. I I I gotta say that I did kind of have a similar feeling to Keefe that it just looked nice to have a guy who looks like an NHL goalie in the net. You know, like you come back from Mrazek, who. Uh, you know, we can talk about how he had two good games and got hurt, but like right. for most of the year, he's just a wild man in there flying around. <laughs> and then the Shalgren, who had a nice little start to his career. And then we watched that game against the Jets where it did not look good. And he did not look like an NHL goalie. Jack looked like Jack, like he said, he looked like an NHL goalie, he looked like an average NHL goalie. And I had the stat here. Um, when your team is getting a eight, seven, nine save percentage since January fifteenth. Uh, which Jack was a part of that, but Hmm. so was Mrazic, so was Sjogren. It looks nice to your eye to get a normal goaltending performance. An average goaltending performance looks like a otherworldly goaltending performance if you are the coach of the the Toronto Maple Leafs right now.
1: Yeah. The Campbell situation is really fascinating here, guys. Like, heading into this last month, there is no back pressure. There is no chase group in the Tour de France. He is just the leader. He's the goalie. No pressure. And, you know, Ralphie has come on and said that's when Jack's at his best. When Freddie was hurt and he was the guy, right last season, Jack came in. He took over. He had no problems. When Peter Mraz was hurt at the start of the year, Jack was in. Jack was the guy. Looked great. When he's been pressured, he hasn't been as good. So there's no pressure. But is it a lot of pressure, too, that, like, if he fails, they fail. His contract situation is still up in the air and is basically going to be decided by how he plays between now and, let's say, mid-May, end of May. I mean, is it a lot of pressure or is it no pressure for Jack right now?
0: I think you beg, you, you bring up a valid point, and that is that uh, there isn't the pressure to win every game.
1: No, if he has a bad right? night, he's going back in.
0: There isn't that looking over your shoulder and seeing another team and scoreboard watching. So they have 14 games left to go, and it is now a buildup for him. Mm-hmm. Does he get to the point where he's feeling as good as he did in November? Probably not. But we, we've said this before on this show that it's not a a 935, 938 save percentage that you're looking for. Right. It's just not the 889 that you welcome back at this point. Yeah. So is there going to be a comfort zone for him at, at 912, 914? that can yeah. get the job done, let the offense do what they have to do, and just hope that you give them the saves that they are, you're expected to make. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're really looking for.
1: You know, this is like such a minor quibble, but that third one that goes in that McEwen tips, like he tips it. It's redirected. He, he has no real chance on those sort of things. But God, those just went in all the time on him from yeah. like December on. And I, I don't McEwen know. McEwen didn't even tip it. It went off of Camp's
2: leg. Oh, and it, it looked like McEwen tipped it, but it went off Camp's okay. leg, and it changed directions. But you're right. Every point shot
1: It just felt from like everything the, went through.
2: It feels like every point shot for two months – You're hanging on. – went in. It really did feel like that. And teams obviously figured that out, and we're doing a lot of point shots. I'm looking at the Leafs' schedule here. They have one back-to-back left, and it's tonight and tomorrow night. So tonight against uh, Tampa, tomorrow against the Cats – Of the 14 games remaining, including that back-to-back, how many does Jack go? Great
0: question. 14 games? I would think that you are in a position now where you have to get Shulgren ready as well. Yeah, you're right. right. No, no. This is like four, if not five, starts. Mm -hmm. I would be looking at minimum for Shulgren just in case I need him. You know it's it, it he he's it
1: yeah and like rookie goalies have had these bizarre runs in nhl history before you do have to prep him like he may have to play meaningful hockey here peter morazic is going to come back you know call it a week into may when the second round is or the first round is underway like you're not going to give him any any run at that point so it's shelgren
0: so what do we have sammy we we, we know he's going to get in uh florida tomorrow night i would imagine so right? yes yes and after that, Dallas on Thursday,
2: Montreal Saturday is the rest of this week.
1: I just can't decide if I want to give them all easy games or do you want Jack to see some of the nights where you should expect favorable results for his confidence? That's
0: another valid point. You know? It might be a role reversal here if you're going to try to prep Schalgren in the uh, event that you may need him to come into relief or start uh, a game. Yeah. Then the more meaningful game, the one that you're going to feel a little bit more would be the pressure of the Dallas Stars, not the Montreal Canadiens.
2: Yeah, I mean, they have a lot of kind of crappy teams left here too. So they play the Habs, they play Buffalo still, they play Ottawa still, they play Philly again, they play Detroit still. Like there are games here that are against not the top yeah. quality
0: competition I'm, where... I'm not sure you overthink it.
1: Yeah, just see how Campbell's feeling yes. put him in when he's able to. Yeah. Yeah, I I like that theory.
0: And the other thing, too, is I know we just spoke briefly about that, uh, you know, his contract. You brought it up just in our our pregame stuff here. I don't think he should be thinking about either I'm going to be making $5 million next year or else I'll be making a million. Should or
2: not? How do you not? How, How do you not? That's exactly it. How do you not?
0: I think despite as bad as it's been for him. Yeah there'll be somebody out there that's going to sign him to a contract that will still be better than what he's making this year. Now, I, right. what does that mean? I do believe that if he doesn't find his game at the level that Leaf Nation has been accustomed to in, in the first half of the season, you know, someone's going to pay him three and a half. You know what's
1: crazy, though? It might be the Leafs. You're going to go into the summer with UFA. You don't have a goalie. You don't have a goalie. Not like... Well, you do have a goalie. Don't say Sheldrin or Wall. No, you have Mrazik. Oh, yeah, well... You gotta, yeah, yeah, that. You I have a goalie. I assume they're moving on from him yeah, somehow okay. this summer.
0: I don't think it's going to be that easy to move on off off of him.
1: It may not. Maybe maybe like climbing Everest, but they need to climb Everest.
0: You don't know necessarily if he's going to deem, deem himself healthy. Yeah. He may take it right through the summer and and go into the buyout window to protect his salary. Cruel. Hey, it it wouldn't be the first time someone's done it.
1: You know, but then you're going to look either way. You're probably signing signing a UFA guy, and you're looking at the pool of UFAs, and you go, I don't know, Jack Campbell might be the best, even if he has a tough stretch here.
0: Jack didn't have the history of Anderson at least showing that you can carry a team into the playoffs. But that... That knock on Anderson come playoff time was fairly substantial. Yeah. But yet, he found Carolina to give him, right, $4 million, it's over $4 million. Tr- It's a
2: great point, but I think there's more There's more of a track record Correct. With, with Anderson as opposed to Jack Campbell in terms of a guy that's Correct. been great in regular seasons as opposed to his playoff failures.
0: But you can also look at a few teams that would run a – one one A kind of scenario,
2: yeah,
0: where I can I can maybe overpay Jack on a short term deal a million if I've got two goalies under seven million right, in total, right, right? And I don't know, like we What's don't Jack on the nine oh nine or something.
1: I can't find his. We don't percentage.
0: know. We don't know where Jack was when he uh, found out the news that Mrazek was coming in, right? I would have assumed. It would have not felt very good.
1: Well, I don't know. They, uh, Why? And, well, he had to think he thought they were getting almost another four goal million, he, yeah, and
0: him not coming in. He he didn't sign four million to be a twenty-five game starter. He came in to challenge for the number one job. He didn't
1: come in to play sixteen games and no. post an eight eighty. No,
0: no, no. He wanted <laughs> he wanted the number one job. He had the experience. He had the salary that could justify that. I'm going to make the Leafs look really good by, t- yeah. by being a number one goalie at $4 million a year. Nothing of it materialized, but for, for for Jack to now come back to the Leafs and think that he's going to sign a contract in that $3.5 million range again yeah. would put him right back to the spot that he didn't want to be in to begin with, and that is a 1-1-A. One, one a.
1: Well, he's not signing to be a 1-anywhere. He's not signing to be a 1-anywhere. However... I am shocked to see that he's still a 914 safe mm-hmm. percentage guy. He's played mm-hmm. 41 games and he's a 914, which is above league average. So, man, that hot start to the season has carried him through. But, man, he is hanging in there still somehow, despite. He, he has a 394 uh, goals against in his last 16 starts. Yeah. It's so, anyway, interesting to see. It just
2: shows you how unbelievable. He was at the start of the year. Yeah. Like, for his numbers to still be around league average after that stretch of hockey that he played for a month, it's amazing. Like, I just, thinking back to it, I can't even really remember how good it was, but it was up to 940, right? Yeah. Like, he was up Come near on. 940 for a
0: long time. It really is, it's just a tale of two seasons. And, All-star. And you, you you do assume that uh, whether you, or not you want to say it was just strictly f- physical, with what we suspect is a broke was a broken rib, a cracked rib was just the break that he just came off of. Mm -hmm. And what did that do to him just to recharge him, reset, get about 10 good practices in week and a half, two weeks on the ice like this. I'm sure Lee fans and, and, the management are hoping that this was a blessing in disguise yeah. here, that they'll look back and say that was the best thing that happened to Jack.
1: For sure. It can for sure be used as a turning point. We saw, you know, on Saturday night, he only gives up three. Like, he looked fine. You could hear Keith in the postgame presser. Like, there was no chance Sheldon was ever going to come out and be like, yeah, we kind of want him to have that one. Like He was like, he looked like Jack. He was incredible, like so, everyone's but, trying to get the snowball going here. So
2: you can talk as much as you want about him playing great, just great, against the Flyers, and he's just unbelievable. Going into tonight, tonight is a potential first-round matchup against a team that, uh, that's your direct opponent in your division, Jack, on his second start. This is the real one now. This is the one where it's it's a, you need a big night from him, mm-hmm. a bad night from him tonight could be very, if you talk about that confidence.
1: But there's no, if it will be him again, then he'll get to go again, right?
2: Yeah, for sure. But it's just, tonight is a big one for the confidence for Jack Campbell.
1: I
0: almost, uh, if to me, it feels like another one of those where we were kind of, and I was really excited about Toronto going into Boston, mm-hmm. right? And we kind of teed it up. Boston had gone on for a terrific run since the middle of February, one of the hottest teams. We had discussed that going into that game, Boston, in many ways, were uh, looking better and deeper with their four, four lines.
1: Oh, people and, did not like that you said that, by the way.
0: Yeah, but I, I don't care. I know you don't. Right? <laughs> I mean, but it's true. It was true. No, Boston was coming in yeah. feeling a lot better about their four lines than the Leafs on the second line and the fourth line. That's just a fact.
1: Yeah, facts only.
0: Yeah. Yes. Uh, don't let them get in the way of a, a good <laughs> yeah, stance it hurt their feelings. On, on social media. But do we feel better now mm-hmm. compared to to line two and line four going into Boston? Do we feel better about line two and line four going into yeah. Tampa tonight? Yeah.
1: So, I, I you know, I have a theory on this. And it's basically so Willie got kind of publicly called out, right? And he got bumped down to the third line. He joins that line. He plays awesome. And the third line looks good with him there. The second line looks good. Without him, everything kind of worked there for a bit. And my theory is just that this can work when Willie's good Willie. Right? When they get him going like he's going, he can drive a line. And he's been a valuable contributor on that third line. But he was valuable there because he just got a little, you know, a little smack from the coach. Peepy whack. Well, I wasn't sure if I was going to say I was going to say whack. whack. I was going to go for it. I'm glad you did. <laughs> Thanks. It was a pee whack. But, he, you know, he got a little whack. And so I – I don't know that this is a long-term solution, is my point. If he's just been motivated and he's playing well, awesome. Yeah. I don't know that they've solved the problem here with Nylander on the third line.
0: I like it. I hope they did. I like it. Yeah. You you hope that they did and that he is now ready to wake up and just take that responsibility. And he doesn't have to be Marner. He doesn't have to be Matthews. But he just needs to be a threat when he's out there. Yeah, and...
2: I just, I love the depth it gives them. I just think it gives them such a different look on that third line. And we'll talk about the but fourth line coming up. But how
1: you use it to me. That's you know? okay. You're not a checking line then. That's
2: okay. I think they're. I think that, listen, it can be a checking line. And is capable of playing on a checking line True. that adds. Because we've talked, we, what did we talk about at the start of the year? With him, how much better he looked on pucks and mm-hmm. lifting sticks and heavy on the play if he's put on that third line, he knows that's what he's supposed to do. And then you have the ability to have his scoring touch as well. It just spreads out the offense throughout the, throughout yeah. the team. And the way Mikheyev's playing on that second line, well, I think, this is what I stick with.
0: I, and it's, it's, it's Mikheyev and Engvall now who've gone to another level. Their confidence is going to another level. Their ability to make plays and and score now and finish mm-hmm. has gone to another level. I, those, those guys have the ability of rising Nylander up.
1: Yeah, no, that's true, and you know it's such an interesting way that it changes the the lines, you know, because the second line has been is has been good when he hasn't been there too. I don't know; it just feels like if he if he's good there, it gives him a whole other look. And you like the fourth line too, right? And that was the second and the fourth line that we'd been talking about. And I think you like the fourth line a little bit more on on Saturday night.
0: Listen, Wayne Simmons comes in; he's he scores a goal. the The whole uh, uh, fight. With McEwen at the end again, just a, a subtle thing, but not so subtle when it comes to making the team feel better is the fact that uh, McEwen took a run at Labushkin. Right, and Recently I hurt. don't care if it's the first five seconds of the game or six three in the last five seconds. But, you go, you go, have a talk with them, and he gave it to him pretty good. But earlier in the game,
2: earlier in the game. After like he because we've had the conversations where he's waited too long after things happen, but earlier in the game he tried to go after McEwen and he got the gloves off, got the flippers off, and the refs again came in or like no, 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 fellas, what is
1: the deal with this,
2: and they did that on on yeah. Thursday against the Jets where they were having a chat on the out the face off thought ten minute misconduct they take him out of the game and then they were trying to separate them and then later in the game it became undeniable McEwen. Yeah, obliged and uh, Simmer beat the brakes off of him pretty
1: good. I mean, McEwen just came off a couple of like one-sided victories. Who has he fought? Uh, McCarron in Nashville yeah. knocked him out, and they're knocked him down. Then McCarron comes back, he gets him again. Like McEwen's a fighter, and Simmons just clinical.
2: There are certain times where you know when you cheer for a team that has fighters, and you you go into the a certain matchup with a scrap. When when they drop the gloves, you get a little bit worried for the for your said fighter. And that was one where I was like, "Oh boy, Simmons, that's a that's a big task. Like, that's not that's not a middleweight. That's a that's a heavyweight." And Simmons handled him well. Like, he's still an
0: elite fighter in the league. He's a guy that's had great success as a go-to guy, a four to seven guy mm-hmm. in the depth charts. Right, four to seven. Very good. That's that's an important guy on a team. That's a five million dollar player on a team. Like that's out the window now. It's yeah. still hard, I think, for him to accept the role right now that has to get done. And at times his engagement's off a little bit. But now you are in this stretch run where he is trying to save his career. Yeah. He's trying to extend it. He's trying to be in in playoffs. He's trying to stay in the lineup.
2: And I think Saturday night there was no Spezza. Um I think that you can have one of Spezza or Simmons, but I don't think they work together anymore in terms of a fourth line. I think you can do one or the other.
1: I also feel about Clifford that you can dress him, you just can't dress him every night. Like if you put him in once a week or something, you might get the best version of him.
0: I'm not sure I see the Spezza or Simmons decision ever being done.
1: One or the other, you mean? I see
0: uh, Simmons... Or Clifford decision, mm-hmm. but I don't see a. I agree. Spezza's I don't see a Spezza. A- Spetsa, first of all, you don't you don't carry Spetsa all season long at, at in a in a position of playing maybe seven, nine, ten, eleven minutes on some nights, and then have him as a second power play guy or have him uh, as your sixth uh, uh, player on the ice with the goalie pulled. To be in a conversation with, should we play Simmons or Spezza? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Spezza's got that spot. And he'll always be that guy that can jump on the second unit on the power player. Or again, be the guy on the ice uh, in the last minute if you need a goal. Yeah. That, you don't, you don't take that away to put Simmons in.
1: So you don't think Abruzzese I, is going to get I just in? don't think they play well together. So, Do you have the clip of the guy pronouncing Abrazeze? I don't have it, but some like, some guy DM'd me how to say it.
2: Yeah, uh, I forget his name, Matt, and then he DM'd me his Spotify page after. Anyways, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, Abrazeze. Abrazeze. Uh, Keith talked about him after the game, just said he didn't play much, made a couple good plays with the puck. I, I was trying to keep an eye on him,
0: but it was hard. They barely played.
1: Like, yeah. it,
2: it was just one Should of those guys.
1: Should you Keefe, the clip? Or I don't, don't have it. Okay, I didn't no, even get no,
2: it because okay. it wasn't really
0: that noteworthy. Yeah, yeah. They did, I think, what they were contractually obligated to do.
2: Yeah, got so, him into a hockey game against one of the worst in the
0: league. Bernie Year,
2: man. So Flyers like, are terrible. Yeah, they're like, not
0: good. I just—they're not even trying. Terrible.
2: To i they have nobody. I even like. I barely even recognize the guys that play on their that team. That was it's just, a
0: once proud organization too, and they're oh. dreadful now.
1: We need them good. They're—they're they're good for the league. Kipper, I thought I would read to you. Uh, stats and have you react to them on on the Leafs here. We got about, I got six of them for you. Okay. Yeah. Mitch Marner has 19 points during a nine game point streak. That is the third uh, longest active point streak in the NHL.
0: Yeah. The engine, (laughs) your guy, the engine.
1: Yeah. He has a uh, five game multi-point streak and it's his second of the season. I don't have the exact stat, but I think he has over 30 game stretch. Has about 58 points, which I think tied Doug Gilmore for the most during a 30-game yeah. stretch for the Maple Leafs.
0: Yeah. And Sittler's in there, too, somewhere. Yeah. And so, a inc- wild that, run that, of good that, hockey that, from that, Marner. Which included the stretch where he scored 10 points in one game.
1: Oh, for Sittler? today. Yes. I- <laughs> so, Mitch
0: is better, <laughs> Yeah, including the, the streak going through that game. That'll...
2: Here, I have the stat. Okay. So, he... Uh, yeah, so most, th- no, most points in a 30-game span in Maple Leaf history. Uh, Mitch Marner now has 55, tied Doug Gilmore, past Daryl Sittler, Laney McDonald, and Lauren Carr from forty three uh, from November 1943 to January 1943. So there you go. Yeah, no
1: kipper point, was alive points for points that Points per one. game among guys who've played like 20 games or something. Marner's up to like fifth in the league and or something.
0: What is remarkable, too, is he's not the biggest, strongest guy but his skating, guys, yeah. has not wavered at all. There's no lull when he moves on the ice. He, ne- he never gets touched either. It's crazy. That
1: Matthews goal last or on Saturday yeah. was an unbelievable play by Marner.
0: Off
2: the charts. Yeah. So I loved both Matthews and Marner on that. When Matthews does a great kind of skating up against the grain, lays it off to Marner. Yeah. That and, initial- then just, and then just sort of sneaks into the soft spot. And Marner, that edge work... From our boy, your your best buddy there, uh, <laughs> cuts cuts to the outside and like no look around the net on the and then they didn't even know it went in. It was just because yeah. Matt was like, oh, yeah, the goal in the was just like oh, God, we did the I, thing. Did. What do you want me to do? I just <laughs> I again I sent a tweet again just trying to marvel at how lucky Leafs fans are to watch these guys on the net and. Yeah. Listen, I don't want to take away from Martin Like, I hate when we have to do this comparison thing, Kipper, because I feel like when we praise Matthews, you get upset that we're not praising Marner. They are an equal bunch right now for the Leafs. They're both just as important to the Leafs right now. They're unbelievable
1: together.
0: Unbelievable.
2: Yeah. It's it's yeah.
1: truly special. And meanwhile, yeah. Bunting's like, "And I'm here too. Hey, uh, here I am." <laughs> <laughs> huh? Guys? missed
2: missed multiple chances on Saturday night on sweet feeds from very good players.
1: I think that's actually one of my stats here. Michael Bunting, zero goals in his last 12 games, though eight assists over that time.
0: Yeah. I think there's uh, it's going to be a it's going to be a challenge for him yeah. to keep his energy up. It's going to be a challenge for him to have that impeccable timing and you know, his his job right now is to stay on that line. I
1: mean, do you feel like it's threatened at this point?
0: I, I think I think Sheldon's at time at times has shown that he can sit too long on making key decisions. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of coaching is hey, when you do it, yeah. not not what you do, but when you do it sometimes. And I I'd monitor, that. I'd monitor that real, real closely yeah. here.
1: I wonder if they had one more body, like if Kasha was back, if that would put some more pressure on Bunce. Buncey boy.
0: We got Craig Simpson coming up uh, in about uh, 10 minutes. Uh, in the second hour, Dave Andrewchuk will join us as well to talk Tampa Bay. And then we'll get into some other stuff around the, the weekend as well. Carey Price coming back. Yandel scratched. Want to get your thoughts on that. And- mm mm-hmm. I don't know. Is anybody talking about Zegras at all, about uh, the the amazing goals followed by some shenanigans? Has that been mentioned at all this weekend? <laughs> we, oh, we haven't heard some on this. We're getting into that next hour, <laughs> I can assure you. Yeah. So plenty of that. Now, just going back to the whole Marner-Matthews uh, thing, uh, Matthews still finding a way to score.
1: Yeah, uh, a goal in five straight but and 11 of his last 12.
0: I, I'm watching... Like he's his energy's down a little bit, would you agree with that, or yeah. is it just uh defensively still uh you know we were talking about this guy being in the running Selkie. i don't I don't see that happening anymore no it's I his think is the, the second... that level's dropped off a little bit on him
1: yeah the the Phillies second goal that's his guy getting back to the net that off the
0: face off which one? <sighs>
1: Yeah, uh, so it wasn't the point shot and it wasn't the backdoor play. So whatever, the, I think it was the second goal. But he's chasing the guy off the wall and just, you know, just like Nylander the game before, he's a stride short of getting all the way there. I, he's been shooting it in the net. And so it makes it really hard to talk about the greatest goal scorer in Leafs history, possibly. Yeah. I mean, quite likely. And also be like, this guy's not playing awesome right now. He's not. He's not playing awesome. Uh, you know, he's not having his best run of play No, It, 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 it it's has not dropped a, concern, a little bit. But...
0: I mean, he's standing there. Mitch is doing all the work, the empty net goal. I mean, they're still going in for him, which is great, but you want this guy pumping on all cylinders, yeah. you know, in another couple of weeks. Yes. Don't you think there's something to be said for it being the dog days? Uh, yes, or just the weighing in on the, the 50, and now I think it's starting up this it. week. Uh, it goes from the magic number 50 to the magic number of Rick Vive, 54. That one's now the next.
1: And if he gets there soon, it becomes 60. The rest of the season for Matthews is going to be a milestone chase, and I don't think that's good for his play. But that's,
0: that's up to him and the message that Sheldon gives him or the feel that the rest of the... Like, it just makes no sense for me right now if their mindset now going into the last three weeks of the season is let this let, let this guy get 60. I just... Well, it just, I don't no, think I, it'd be
1: the mindset, but you're right. How do you tell a guy it doesn't matter, it's not important? Well, you, when it matters do, and it is important. You do important. When,
0: when, it, when it changes, you know. Your focus. Your focus. When, when there's an obvious pass to be made and you shoot the puck, then there needs to be a conversation either from the coach or a teammate to say, hey, listen, mm-hmm. this is great, but still make the plays that you're supposed to make that are expected to be made.
1: Yeah. And and okay. just for me, not hedging on the offensive side of piles and stuff and still prioritizing the positional stuff. Um, with that, the Leafs have scored five plus goals in four straight games. If they score five plus goals tonight in five straight, it'll be the first time since 1987. The Leafs have done that. You know, we're, we're there's a number of articles out there right now um, and more being written on an increase in offense around the NHL right now. What do you make of this? Because usually offense tapers off at the end of the, towards playoffs, things tighten up. Yeah. Why why are so many pucks going in? I,
0: I think it's just, uh, it's just the attitude of the players right now. Everything's been geared over the years for more offense. Yeah. All the rules over the years have been always tailored for more goals. And there's, there's less of a sense now for the players that, It's okay if I make a mistake, and uh, Mm. just again, I can only speak as a player and the feel that I had, or a lot of my teammates were. I make a bad mistake, I'm I'm benched. Yeah, and now we're in the era where it's okay, it's all right. We'll just score another goal, score the problem, you know, and. You know, I did get that participation ribbon when I was six, so... What, I'll, my I'll, son
1: just got his first one. I was very proud I'll, I'll of I'll get
0: another one, <laughs> you know, in the NHL. What do you think of
2: a theory that guys are just bagged, tired? Condensed schedule, Crazy, crazy no, schedule.
0: Look at the Leafs right now. Look at the run that they've been on, and look at the run that uh, the schedule makers gave them when uh, our last shutdown in the pandemic, mm. right? So, yeah, they are. They're... Al he was. We're gonna get a, him back on. By the yeah. way, <laughs> a really, oh yeah, a really good defenseman. Yeah, but he would be the first to admit when I got tired, I'm taking a penalty because one way or another, I'm sitting I'm get, for two. I'm, I'm getting a whistle, <laughs> and it's like once you lose the oxygen to the brain, yeah. It can make you do some dumb things well, that's, out there.
1: You know, a lot of coaches will tell you, like, it, it's not your legs. These guys are in great shape. It's when you're really tired and start making dumb decisions. Your mind. Yeah.
0: You Boys, I'm taking a
2: beating in the YouTube chat today.
1: About what? Oh, talking too much. I missed a
2: back-to-back that they have at the end of the April.
0: <laughs> Listen, People
2: we, are not thrilled.
0: We need Sammy today more than ever. Boys, All they're right. just beating me to death. And, and how is the celebrityism uh, at oh. the golf course on the weekend? Yeah, Sammy, you went golfing oh. on the weekend. Oh. Like, in, yeah. like a... Obsessed, madman. It was great.
2: the we- The weather was great. Course was in great shape. Took a little while, but, but,
0: but we'll now avoid you're that. you're just not Sammy. You're Sammy <laughs> okay. from the Real Kipper and Bourne Show.
2: Okay, so if the guy is listening to the show because he said he listens every day, <laughs> and if the guy who came up to me is listening, I'm sorry because I couldn't have handled it worse. <laughs> I truly, I had you know, let's just say,
0: and Will Smith him did let, you?
2: No, <laughs> let's just say that my mind wasn't at its sharpest. At that situation, there may have been some, you know, things that are legal involved and uh, that maybe not put me in the right mind space legal to get in, reckoned, in this Yes. Province. And. Uh he came up to me and I was flabbergasted that anyone would recognize me for anything. Uh he's like, Are you Sammy from Real Kipper and Born? And I was like, Yes. And then he went for a fist pump and I had my hand out to shake it. And it hitch. was like it was a bit of a it was a bit of a uh <laughs> Yao Ming situation. It was not pretty. We don't have a Sammy cam and they're oh. recognizing you. Uh yeah, it was the bad. Voice? It was bad. No, I don't know. Maybe you Googled me. But if that guy's listening. I really appreciate you taking the time, and I don't feel like I did it well enough, and I'm glad you guys let me get that
1: off my chest. Do
0: we need security now?
1: <laughs> so Sammy? Sammy. Just travels of the entourage. I want to put a picture of Sam in the group chat, but I can't figure out how. No, anyway. don't do that. All
0: right. We'll get a sketch artist to draw one
1: out. What <laughs> <laughs> the guy did Tom Brady? All right, we're going to take a quick
0: break here. Craig Simpson, uh, after the break, uh, Stanley Cup champion, Hockey Night Canada analyst. He'll help us tee up uh, tonight's game. All after the break, you're listening and watching Real Kipper and Born
4: Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: The code word for today's episode of text 590-590 to qualify for your shot to win Leafs tickets versus the Washington Capitals on April 14th is Capitals.
0: John Mitchell on our chat line, our Sportsnet YouTube chat line says, I don't know why, but I picture dark Guy when I wonder what Sam looks like.
1: Oh, a great affront is your face painted? Sam <laughs> McKee. <laughs> the thing
0: is, like, do, would, do
1: you really think Sam is that much of a super fan? I would never paint my face.
0: Not a, a, a face painter. No, because what if they lose and you could go home with paint on your face and they lost? Well, but then you'll look like Tammy Faye Baker because it'll be running down your face from the (laughs) tears.
1: (laughs) Sam just doesn't strike me as the like die hard that people think like, let's talk about this later. Simmer's there. (laughs) Sammy.
4: (laughs) Let's bring
0: in Craig Simpson. Simmer. How are you, pal? I'm good. What are you guys talking about? Payton's face for what? Ah, Sammy. We're just getting him ready for the playoffs. That's all.
4: Oh, okay.
0: (laughs) All right. Uh, Listen, um, A common theme right now, not just with the Leafs, but maybe a few other teams contending, is playing down to your uh, opponents. And I'm just wondering, do you feel better if you're Sheldon that you're 14 games out of the playoffs starting rather than four games?
4: Yeah, I, I think it's always this time of year you get so refined and focused on you know, look into the big games that are are going to shuffle the deck on the on the standings, and you know they've had quite a few of those in the last couple of weeks. So, uh, I, I thought I think I mentioned it the last broadcast. That I thought the loss against Montreal two Saturdays ago was another one where you're going to be kicking yourself and going, "Oh my gosh!" You know, we needed those two points. It, it allows Boston and Tampa to uh, to stay in or get ahead of us uh, in that uh, positioning. But you know, they've responded with four in a row and. You know, they're not all beauty games. They've they've had a few letdowns at different times in them. But I think that's common, as you were saying, coming down the stretch here with so many big games that do really mean something. It's hard to have that same maybe focus or intensity or even fear, as I always say, about, you know, what could happen in a tight game like tonight. And so you got to find a way to win some of those. And to their credit, you know, they came back against Winnipeg and were able to get the, The two points, that came back against Philly when they let them back into the game and made sure that uh, they didn't give up anything there. So, you know, I think you have to be patient as a coach and can't stay on the guys too much. You have to know that there's going to be those, you know, inconsistencies at time, but you are trying to refine your game to not allow that to happen when you need it the most.
1: So we're trying to make sense of how... Poorly, a guy has to play for how long to lose a spot when you've been a permanent fixture. I'm talking about Michael Bunting. Um, I'm not saying he's played terribly, but, you know, no goals in 12 games. I just feel like he's been less effective for a while. Do you think he's a guy who could be at jeopardy of losing that spot on the top line or that he's just been so effective for so long they'll keep him?
4: Yeah, I think you you got to understand going through stretches where especially being a new guy and a, and a young player in the league, you know, I, I think the coach expectation isn't always that the points are always gonna come. It's more what are you doing? And what what are you how are you playing? Are you still a driver? Are you still getting under guys' skin? Are you still opening up some room for your for your two line mates who have been just so dynamic during this last stretch? So I, I think it's a warranted uh, observation and it's one that I'm sure Sheldon will weigh and look and see that maybe there's a time I, I thought there's been a few times where uh, the other night, not last night, I'm trying to think what game it was, um, in Boston, I believe, when it got, you know, chippy and it looked like he was losing his composure a little bit. I think Sheldon just keep them up, kept him off the end on a couple of shifts to just ensure nothing bad happened. You get the win and you don't take a bad penalty or maybe settle him down a little bit. So I think you'll see that happening. Um, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, at some point – as he did last game, he, Sheldon will shuffle the desk a little bit and see what else might work, but it 's hard to break up that trio with with how productive I, I know the majority of it has been sixteen and thirty four but I, I do think that they enjoy playing with him. I do think he adds an element and gets guys you know rattled a little bit or chasing after him, which opens up a lot of ice for the other two guys as well.
0: Not that this is a, a knock against him, but more of an observation and, and one that uh, i I've made on a number of occasions is just being uh, aware that Bunting is not the biggest and heaviest guy out there. And as things start closing in towards uh, the first round of the playoffs, is there a way to maybe just uh, protect him a little bit and, and maybe even move down a bigger body and Engville's come a long way. McKayev's come a long way. Would you, would you rather uh, at times see a, a bigger body um when it does get a little heavy uh in, in the first round of the playoffs.
4: That's hard to say. You know, you never know what the matchup you end up having. And you might find a line that if you see early in the series that's going head to head with uh with Matthew's line that you're not liking. I mean you always have that ability. And I, I do think and I agree with you, the interesting part of this probably last uh month or so. Is just the emergence and confidence of both Mikheyev and Engvall of making some plays. I mean, they now, the play doesn't die with them nearly as much as it used to. When they do create the opportunities with their speed, they've got patience around the net to make good plays and, you know, put the puck in the back of the net where I don't think they had that ability last year. They didn't have that confidence anyway. So I I think it's definitely something to have. But I'd just be worried of, you know, why change just for the sake of change. You know, you look at a group that's going and the lines are starting to come, come together fairly well. This is a team that's been scoring goals. So it's not like, even though you're saying Bunting hasn't scored in 12, well, God, you know, his line mates, he's got six assists in the last 10. That's kind of expected uh, production numbers from a, from a younger guy. And, you know, that line has been the most dangerous in hockey. So I, I think, you know, there are times where coaches maybe tinker a little too much when there's no need, and uh, I, I just think that the, the strength of having Mikheyev down the lineup and Engball, uh down the lineup has made those other lines better as well. And I, I think mm. that Mikheyev, for me, with his speed, has forced John to skate a little, a little harder. And I, I know that feeling of, you know, being not a great skater, playing with Messi and Anderson. It forced you, not just in games, but every day in practice to play at a different pace and to play at a different tempo, and it makes you a much better hockey player. And I think having Mikhaev on that line with Tavares has helped John get the pace of his game up, too. So if I'm Sheldon, I'm not sure. I'd want to be tinkering with that right now.
1: One of the places I'll have my eye for tinkering is on the D pairs uh, heading towards playoffs. The right side seems to be where there's decisions to make because you like all of Riley Muzzin and Giordano or have any of Lilligren, Hall or Labushkin made themselves indispensable or someone that you think should be out of the lineup?
4: I'm not sure indispensable, but you know, I I do think that Riley has, has found a little bit of chemistry and been able to work pretty well with Labushkin in the last little while. And I, I wasn't quite sure if that was going to you know, manifest itself or if he was going to be able to play at that level. I, I, I just think his development has come a little bit where he seems more confident and poised with the puck, doesn't throw it away. Maybe as much as he did earlier on, just trying to get it out of his hands and get it out there quickly. Uh, and they just seem to be reading each other a little bit better. So I, I still think that Lillegren you know, adds an element. He, he's, he's been adding up a little bit of offense, and it seemed to settle in well with Giordano. But you're right, when Muzzin comes back, okay, where's that going to go? And who's the guy who's going to come out? And I, I just think the if you're talking about big and physical, you know, I, I doubt it's going to be a Labushkin coming out of the lineup before Lilligren.
0: We're joined by Craig Simpson, former NHLer, two-time Stanley Cup champion, Hockey Night in Canada analyst, and uh, penalty killer. Was that was that big? Uh, were you a big penalty killer? Because
4: uh, <laughs> No, I didn't get a chance to do that now that much, <laughs> unfortunately.
0: <laughs> when we speak of the penalty kill, Samurai, I was yeah. telling uh, Justin last week, I don't think I've ever recalled seeing a team that had the mindset that uh, we've got just as good of an opportunity to score a goal as the team that uh, we're trying to kill this penalty on. Um, And uh, just the real threat here, because I'm watching the Leafs sometimes five on five. And my thought now is they could use a a, a good penalty right now.
4: (laughs) Yeah, no, and and you're not wrong because it's the intensity, right? Like I, I do think, and often, you know, when we, we've we heard and talked so often that, you know, a bad power play, when the intensity's not there, you get outworked by the penalty killer, it changes the momentum so much. And, you know, a great example of that was in Philly, when all of a sudden Philly's a goal down, they get a power play, a chance to tie this thing, and the two, you know, the most dangerous guys on the ice were the guys short of man. And so uh, I just think that the, you know, penalty killing pressure is is so important for the success of of good penalty-killing units. But that pressure has to be really coordinated. All four guys have to read off each other. And what I've seen now is just really good, you know, cohesive reads by the D and the forward. One guy starts, everybody's in unison. And now, you know, when they get some separation up top and put pressure on those, whether it's the quarterback at the top of the power play, trying to make a dangerous pass across, as soon as they get any kind of a... A puck turnover their mindset is not to panic and throw it's let's get up ice and you've seen you know time and time again they've had so more odd man rushes on the penalty kill than any other penalty killing unit and obviously more goals so i just think that they they are really confident as a group um you know i go back to you saying about dangerous units you know that was back in our edmonton time you had gretzky and curry on a penalty kill great sticks always anticipating plays when they turned the puck over, it was going the other way, and I, I see Mitch has really, really grown into that role where he has been aggressive in all three zones on the forecheck of the penalty kill, not allowing an easy entry, having a great stick and t- anticipating and attacking. And you know, to me, he's again he and uh, McKayev have been the catalyst of that offensive push from from the PK.
1: Simmer, what are your thoughts on Jack Campbell after one game into his return and where things are going to head for for him the rest of the season?
4: Yeah, I thought he was okay. You know, I I think we're just, you're always worried about any kind of rib. Is there any layover? Is there any issue with it? And he had a number of acrobatic plays that would have tested that greatly. So, you know, the fact that he came out of that seemingly unscathed and and was able to hang in there, I think is a really good sign. Uh, I'm glad, you know, I think you had to put him back in here tonight and say, okay, you got to get now into the rhythm of playing, you know, two out of three or four out of five uh, in a stretch so that you can get that good, solid, confident rhythm back into your game. It's it's easier said than done when you've been on the shelf and you haven't been playing. And so to me, again, the, the times where he's had problems is fighting through the screens. You know, when he was struggling and the puck was going in four or five times a night, So many of them, as as we've talked about before, those little tips in in front are sliding through the arm or getting through the five hole. And, you know, that is a real real science from a goaltender standpoint to A, track the puck as it's coming, but get nice and tight to where those tips are coming from and trying to make sure that your arms are tight and, and nothing's getting through you. So I thought it was a good positive sign. I didn't think it was a brilliant performance by any stretch. But tonight's another example of getting, you know, you got a good guy at the other end that you, you focus on and saying, okay, just do my job and give this group a, a chance to stay in this game. And I think this will be a real test to say, you know, how far has Jack come from, from his rehab and getting himself dialed back in again, a
0: couple slow starts, uh, Winnipeg and Philadelphia. Now just your expectations going into Tampa Bay and Florida.
4: Yeah, I I think it's a natural to just be ready, right? Like, there are games, Nick and and Justin, you know that you're prepared for because you know it's going to be a hell of a hard fight. And you know that there's going to be no easy shifts. You you have to be good defensively. You have to manage the puck extremely well against this team. They're they're such a great transition team and go back and forth on you. So I, I really think this is one that I'd be shocked if you get the slow start that you know, maybe not so shocked against a team like Philly that that doesn't bring that same kind of intensity and and attention to detail out of you. So I, I think they'll get a good read of where this team is. And you know, you're coming into a really big pair of games with Florida tomorrow night, but you're coming in on a roll and you're coming in with four wins in a row. You should feel pretty good about yourself. Most guys are in a pretty good run of confidence with the puck. So. Uh, I think this is one for Sheldon that he, I I'm sure he would be shocked and disappointed if it's a sleepy start in this one tonight.
1: And uh, last one for me, Simmer. Just want to get your thoughts on the fourth line and, and what you think that will look like as they head into the post uh, Simmons, post season Simmons. Yeah. Game. Well, post
4: Simmons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's in a couple of years there. according
1: to his contract.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I thought, you know, that is the real work in progress and, It seems like, anyways, uh, you know, Blackwell and Abrazzizzi are going to be in. I I just think it's got to change a little bit. I'm not sure what that's going to look like. Um, Kasha not being in, obviously, would change that dramatically because you're either going to put a Kerfoot down there or or an Engvall and have some faith where maybe you can play that line a little bit more. I I do think they're going to need a fourth line. That you can't just keep hiding every night. Uh, I think in a tough series, in the in the playoff type atmosphere, you're going to need one that can play eleven, twelve minutes at times, as opposed to seven. <laughs> I think uh, I think Simmons has been under ten minutes for ten straight games. So you know, I, I don't think that's really a realistic, sustainable one. Uh, that last game was a tough one for. You know, to get a real sense of Abra- uh, you know, impact. That that's a game that he didn't get to play a whole lot, uh, but he survived. And this will be another bigger test. But I I'd, I'd be surprised if that's what your fourth line would look like uh, day one of the playoffs.
0: One more for me, Simmer, and it uh, uh, it's me asking you as a as a as a goal scorer and a guy that uh, you know could understand a fifty goal pace and maybe what Austin has been through to get there. And we just had an earlier conversation, conversation with, uh, Justin here on, well, now it's 54 and Rick vive. And then I said, okay, you'll get that. And then he said, no, now that'll be 60. And yeah, yeah. just, just managing Austin from here on and, and what he is going through and is there a chance that this could exhaust him a little bit more than you'd like going into the first round?
4: No, I, I think if anything, it's exhilarating. Like you, you can tell there, he and Mitch, uh, you can't wait to get on the ice every game. You know the games can't come fast enough when things are going well when you've been scoring in eleven of your last twelve games, and you know you, you have fourteen games left to get nine goals plus to get into that sixty or air. And I, I don't think the the thing, and I think Sheldon said it. Uh, I believe it was today again. It's just what's what's the most impressive is. You know, he's competing at a high level. It's the complete game continually. It's not uh, now because he's close to, you know, maybe getting uh, the 60-goal pace that he's cheating or trying to do other things. I I think that's really the key, and I I wouldn't be concerned at all about burning out. I I do – we talked about it after last game. When you're you're playing so well and the puck's going in every night like those two have been having, you do worry that, okay, I've always – you know the playoffs are are the great equalizer they they can they can rescue a terrible year by having a great playoffs or they can destroy an amazing one and they you you can't have any of those things seep into your head go okay playoffs starting now well what if i can't score you know i that that's a whole nother discussion we can have at the start of the playoffs when everybody's got zeros in front of their name like the start of the regular season so but I think down this stretch, it's been exhilarating for them. I, I think they're having a heck of a lot of fun playing hockey right now. And the byproduct is a great race that seems like a legitimate one that he, he might be able to get to that 60 number.
0: Well, we'll look forward to it continuing. And uh, we uh, look forward to your call tonight, Simmer. So uh, right, enjoy, enjoy the game.
4: You bet. Take care, guys. Christ. Thanks, thanks
0: Simmer. Sportsnet, Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, he brings up an interesting point, and And I, I get it. I mean... Yeah, when you when you got things rolling, you you want him to go keep going. Yeah, right. It's like okay, how far we can, how far can we take this? Now, you had mentioned on a couple occasions you saw a, a level drop for him defensively. Mm-hmm. Is it a little bit more cheating? You think? You know, are they tied?
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's it could be a little bit cheating. I just feel like there's been turnovers, sloppy play. Like remember we had. Three games in a row where there's like a glaring turnover up by the offensive blue line, the one Sammy thinks is a penalty that costs them a goal against. A couple of them didn't, uh, and it's just plays that he hadn't typically made. Maybe trying to do a little too much. I don't know if that could be tied right, trying to trying to make that one extra play to get that one extra look. And I don't know if it's related or not. That's, but that's what I see.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm interested tonight because we are. Seeing them go up against the very best in their division, if not the Eastern Conference, mm-hmm. this, this isn't Winnipeg. This isn't the Philadelphia Flyers. Right. I mean, they're up now. And again, it's going to take not just Mitch and, and Matthews now, but it's going to take a, a very strong push from everybody here to go up against the likes of uh, Hedman, yeah. Ryan McDonough, Sergachev, I mean, this is a deep team. Yeah.
1: So, you know, I I was just thinking that, like, also while we're talking about Matthews and Chase uh, in the chase, so I understand this is a different type of game tonight. And just thinking of Matthew, still though, like the dry side will keep scoring too. And I wonder if that's another reason that the goals are seem like more of a focus. Sorry, Sammy. What well, were you? I was just going to ask that you don't
2: think it's human nature to be when you are guaranteed to be in a playoff spot. Yeah. You are chasing the all-time goal record for one of the most storied franchises in the NHL, and you're playing with another one of the guys on your line that's one of the best passers who's going to find you in the right spots, and you're chasing, like I said, you're chasing stuff. I think it's probably just a little bit of human nature, and I would expect the level to be back once the playoff starts when it's a clean yeah. slate again. Don't you think it, like...
0: I don't know. I, can you just walk into that... that- I'm asking That's you, transition. can't you? Can't you? Well, but I also I don't think, Sammy, easy.
1: I also think that there's so much pressure on him to score in playoffs this year. After last year, him scoring in playoffs might be at a higher premium. He might rather score three times and give up four the other way so he doesn't have to hear about not producing. Like, he, there's a lot of heat on him right now to shoot it in the net. Matthews and Marner. Yeah, both of them. Right. Of course. Yeah, there's a lot of heat to, to get it done. And that,
0: how long now? We've We've mentioned the 30 games. It's like, Two points every game. Yeah. 55 and 30. Okay. Nobody scores two points a game in the playoffs ever. Right. right. Not Gretzky. Like, maybe Gretzky. I don't know. I was going to say, maybe, maybe he, Did he average? Yeah. No. Did he, like, did he have some runs where he averaged two points a game? Let me just I'm, I'm quickly. sure he did have some I, I, runs. I, 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 I can't I'm, recall. I'm pulling up yeah. my like favorite hockey DB page.
1: What is your point? It's to just this, not that? a
0: given. It's. It, it will calm down. Yeah. Right. Yes. And that's when attention to detail has to yeah. be not that extra move in Montreal where you're coming up yeah. the wall and Morgan Riley decides to go down the middle and then you got the two on one to lose the game. God, he
2: had some stupid years. Gretzky. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, to to like, a game? I mean, in 84, 85, he had 47 points in 18 playoff games.
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> there That's it is.
2: In, in 88, 87, 87, 88, he had 43 and 19.
1: Yeesh, good nibble. Okay. Yeah. Different years. And uh,
2: was Curry right beside him? I don't have Curry's numbers in front of me. I was play. Well,
0: Sammy, that's your job. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you Just not talking he about should, golfing on the weekend. Oh, what like God. what, what a big there. star you are.
2: I'm taking a big enough beating already. <laughs> uh Curry uh did not have two points per game in the playoffs.
0: Yeah. Something tells me that either they're both gonna be right up there in scoring. Sammy. Yeah. Or I don't think one can get there without the other when it comes to Matthews and Marner.
1: I just wonder priority-wise, like, you know, how badly do they want to get the haters off their back versus just getting the team wins? I know it would be nice to... If if you do one, you probably help the other. But, yeah, lots of pressure right now for Matthews to shoot it in the net.
2: And just a bit of house cle- uh, cleaning. Um, like I said, they at least have one back-to-back.
1: They actually have three
2: yeah. back-to-backs remaining. So just uh, making sure that I'm on I'm on top of it today, guys. <laughs>
0: nice all right we're going to take a quick break uh when we come back hall of famer dave anderchuk he's going to get us help uh help tee up the tampa bay lightning and see how pumped they are for the uh high octane offense of the toronto maple Love leafs it. also uh, discussion on Yendel being scratched a lot of people calling it uh, classless oh get out of here we're going to do that after the i'm break.
1: sorry i showed my hand you did a little bit
0: <laughs> zegras's amazing goal and what happened after that? No comment. Are you pro or anti? <laughs> no comment. And best bets. What, what happened today in uh, the gambling world?
1: So much. Oh, nothing. So much. SN bets. You got your uh, single bets uh, laid out already? Uh, yes, I do. Nice. Let's I want to hear all about them after I the break. I can't wait to tell you.
0: All right. Bill Kipper and Bourne after the break. And uh, thanks for watching on Sportsnet, uh, our YouTube channel. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify. Leave us a rating and review. We'd love to hear from you.